the way I immediately poured wine for this episode. Welcome back. I don't even know where to begin, and it's not that dramatic, but I just walked through the door. Um, I don't know how to even start this episode. Welcome back. Welcome to Breaking Up with me, Michaela Smuntry. This week, I kind of want to do a little bit of a few topics, just wrapping up this week. I feel like there is a lot going on with pop culture, a lot personally, um, a lot going on just with the turn of the season. So I'm going to try to hit everything on my short little list here. I like to take notes about what I want to talk about, but I don't want to type it all out because then it's hard for my brain to kind of think along the way. But anyway, thanks for listening for today's podcast. I think I just need to take a breath first. I'm a little bit jumbled because um, no one asked for this story, but I'm going to share my candlestick dilemma with you right now because a few days ago, my mom and I went thrifting and I came across these beautiful brass gold short vintage candlesticks at Goodwill. And in my heart, I knew I should have bought them. They were beautiful. They were like They looked vintage and old, and that old, like, gold candlestick aesthetic is really something that goes with my decor and style, but I already own candlesticks, and, you know, I think they were kind of priced high. I don't remember exactly how much, but I remember they were priced too high for me just to want to buy them, and three days later, I, like, manically had a moment of, oh my gosh, those candlesticks would look perfect on my fireplace mantle, like, I need to get them. I just drove all the way back to this Goodwill, just praising the angels and the universe, hoping that if it's meant to be, it'll still be there. Like if I'm meant to have them, it'll be there. They weren't there. And now I'm back home and I am frantically looking on the internet because once I have something in my mind, I feel like I have, I have to, once I see it, it exists, you know, like once, I don't know, as Ariana Grande once said, I want it, I got it. You know, if I want it, I got it. Is that actually the lyrics now? Because I am second guessing myself. Seven rings, I want it. Or is it I want it, I buy it? No, it's I want it, I got it. I cannot believe I questioned myself on that. Anyway, if you are new, I am usually much more put together. But today we are just going to recap a few things and see where this episode takes us. I did ask on my Instagram what you guys wanted to hear more of with the podcast episodes because I have ideas, but a lot of them just don't fit the season that we're in. Um, So I wasn't sure what I wanted to chat about today or the rest of this month, but I feel like talking about like daily routine habits certain spiritual rituals that increase my daily routines would be a really fun topic to chat about and something that I feel like as simple as these small changes may be, they make a big difference. So we will chat about that today. Um, But I always start my episodes with a little weekly recap of what's been going on in my life. And honestly, I wish I could say more, but I don't feel like anything major happened this week. My partner Ashton has been sick, so we didn't really do anything this weekend. I haven't seen him actually in over a week at this point because he's been sick. Um, And lucky me, because he's been sick, he also has to reschedule clients that he missed on his sick days over our future weekends. So 
kind of a bummer because that means we're losing more quality time that we could be spending together. But something that works really well with him and I are our work ethics and how much we value that as well as just our quality alone time. So I don't think it's like as upsetting as it may seem to somebody else because I have a lot of personal work that I could be catching up on as he's catching up with his tattoo clients but this week while he was out sick I feel like I did just that I caught up on some content I posted my bedroom makeover video which I have been working on for months I mean since I got the house basically but since June this summer was when I started to film the actual makeover video and now it's finally out I've put so much of my heart and soul into this video so if you have not watched it yet please watch it these room makeover transformation videos are some of my favorite things to create and look back on and as a viewer I love seeing what somebody can do with space and how to transform it as a creator I love challenging myself to not only physically do that myself with the renovations but then in the editing side of it create a video that I get to look back on and enjoy and it's just so crazy that it's only been two years in this home and I had to gather so much footage from old videos of when I got the house and when I remodeled the floors or painted the walls so I could include it in this video and I look back and I am a completely different person like I well I'm probably like two or three clothing sizes smaller back then. My hair is blonde. I still have the light in my eyes. <laughs> like I, you know, you, you always look back at yourself and you look younger. But when I look back at that time, I don't think I realized how young I really looked. And I'm sure I'll look back at my time now at my current age and think the same thing. But oh my gosh, I was a baby. Like, no wonder it was hard to get people to take me seriously when I was going to these showrooms. Like tr when I was going to these showrooms trying to get counter slabs or, you know, when they gave me a quote on how much it would cost to tear up and replace the floors in my whole house. And I just quickly nodded and said, OK, <laughs> like <laughs> it's baffling. But I worked really hard on that video and I'm so glad that, you know, not only is the video finally done and I'm able to share that with you, but the, the room is also done and more and more I feel settled into this home and it just gets cozier and cozier every season so highly recommend watching the video i also just posted my instagram post promoting that um makeover video as well so if you want a little spoiler definitely check that out but now that that room is done i mean the house will never feel complete i know that but for now like it's as complete as it can be until i finish the basement. The basement is finished, but if you love my renovation content, there will definitely be more because I still need to furnish and create like a full guest space down there. Guest bedroom, maybe like a movie room, little kitchenette, guest bathroom. Really fun. Um, and like I mentioned, my mom and I spent a little time together this weekend since Ashton was sick. We went thrifting, which was nice. I got couple of books, puzzles, blankets. I really tried to like not buy anything, but there were a few things that caught my eye that I could not resist, including that candlestick that I should have bought. I don't know why I talked myself out of it. I mean, I probably knew I didn't need it, but 
my mom and I are going thrifting again um, and antiquing tomorrow. So maybe the candlestick that is meant for me will show up then and it will be fine. But I feel like I spent more time this week than usual alone and at home for no upsetting or depressing reason at all. I think, you know, after Labor Day, my pool is closed. Um, A lot of the summer activities that got me out of the house have settled. Some of my friends are teachers, so they're back at work now, now that school has started. And with Ashton being sick, I found myself home for the most, I think, two and a half or three days without leaving my house. Now, that was before I got my butt to yoga. I did go to yoga as many times as I could in the evenings this week, but I had this like odd, eerie, familiar feeling of those months or times when I was deep in that winter hibernation in this home, and I really didn't leave my house when I didn't have to, or you know, learning how to spend time alone without feeling lonely and how to make it feel like I'm not imprisoning myself because... If we spend too much time home alone, especially during those early quarantine days, you tend to feel super trapped and feel like you're imprisoning. Oh my God. Is this going to become a thing where my cat just throws up every time I'm recording? Oh, poor Marnie. I do need to figure that out. She, my cats have, no one cares about the side tangent. I'm sorry, but my cats have been on the same food like their whole lives. No issue at all, but more times than not recently marnie eats too fast i think and throws up half of her food i I need to experiment with other types of soft food i think for for that cat or perhaps her teeth hurt i don't know probably time for a, a vet visit um but like i was saying before marnie vomited on the pod i love how she just throws up and then walks away I mean, what else is a cat going to do? But great, I get to look at it this whole hour. Um, As I was saying, though, uh, it reminded me of those times where I did spend more time here alone and how I kind of instilled such routine into my life that I didn't feel like I was here without leaving my house that long. And there were days where I was so deep into my work routine or my daily rituals that I didn't even realize I hadn't left my house because I was keeping myself so busy. And I feel like I'm pretty good at that. So I wanted to talk more about that because this week I I found myself going back to these old ritualistic like habits of even if it's like lighting a candle or burning incense or turning on my wax warmer, there's something in that simple switch of a habit that tells my brain, okay, it's evening now. I'm going to, you know, relax and not work. Or, you know, I'm getting my day started. I always start my day with doing this. And it's important to find out what these rituals are to each of us because they're going to be different for everybody. And training our brain almost to recognize that trigger so that in the morning when we do either light a candle or start our essential oils diffuser so that our body and our brain knows, oh, it's time to wake up. It's time to get this day started. And um, I have a few on a list that I made. I think I want to share today um, that might be interesting. I am really curious though on what you want to hear more of. So if you haven't yet 
responded to my questionnaire on my Instagram. It's on my main page, McKayK17. I just posted a story today. It might, depending on when you listen to this, it might still be on my story, but um, I got a lot of helpful topic ideas about spirituality and OnlyFans and health, mental health, PCOS. So I do want to try to gather these topics and try to create themed episodes about them. So thank you so much. If you have sent in ideas for what you want to hear more of, I do really appreciate that. But since it's the beginning of September and everyone is kind of entering these new school year or work year, just fall seasonal routines, I thought it would be a good time to talk more about rituals and routines that kind of just help increase my own daily routine and habits and create more of a fulfilled day because of them, if that makes sense. So let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Banish Skincare. I've been using Banish products for over two years now and my skin is forever changed. Banish uses natural, clean, and fresh ingredients that make your skin glow, clears up blemishes, reduces redness, and aging. Not only that, but Banish has an at-home micro-needling treatment that has truly changed my skin and has brightened my face, reduced acne scar, scar scars, and helped reduce acne in general. This is not just an ad to me, but I recommend Banish to everyone. It's the only skincare company I will use and have used for years. They have this awesome vitamin C moisturizer that I put on every night and every morning, an oil serum to use after microneedling that helps moisturize the face and reduce redness. There's a mint cleanser that feels so good on your pores, a fresh pumpkin enzyme mask. It smells just like pumpkin, you guys, so it would be perfect for this fall season, the fall weather. And most recently released, they have an awesome sunscreen moisturizer with 30 SPF. Oh, and an anti-aging retinol serum as well that I love to use before bed. Seriously, so many products. And what's awesome is that you can get all of these products in a bundle that allows you to save money, or you can purchase them individually. But no matter what, try out Banish today. I have an affiliate link in the description of this episode, as well as a discount code for you. Use code Michaela 10 at checkout. That's Michaela 10 in all caps for 10% off. I promise you, you won't regret it. If you got it, monetize it has been my mantra since 2020, and I firmly stand by it. If you have a talent, skill, or something that you are good at, monetize it. I really do believe that there is a way to make money doing what you love. So check out my new merch on my spring shop linked below to wrap your passion today in a stylish and cozy hoodie with the motivating reminder of if you got it, monetize it. And to say thank you to my listeners, use code PODCAST in all caps for 10% off. That is PODCAST at checkout linked below. All right, let's take a nice sip of wine to get started. And here we go, spiritual rituals that increase my daily routines and habits. Some of these may seem simple, um, but that's the simplicity of it really is that little things can make a big difference. And I will be honest, I don't do all of these every single day, but I do know that when I do make time to do these throughout my day, I have a better day. I'll try my best to do these in order, but we're just going to brainstorm and see what comes to mind. Something that really helps, and I almost want to start in the evening because that's what's coming to mind first. Well, right before bed, I guess. So we'll we'll start right before bed. Like something that helps as like a ritual for me is having 
the uh, like certain mood lighting on in my room, which I know seems really generic or basic, but it tells my body and my brain that I'm getting ready for bed. I have my hue lights set to pink at all times. I have um, small like mood lighting behind my headboard and my bed frame that just kind of gives my bedroom like a glow as I'm reading before bed, which is another routinely ritual that I try my best to instill is reading before bed. It's so hard to do because I am definitely somebody that will stay on TikTok until 2 or 3 a.m. when, you know, you scroll and it tells you like, hey, it's time to take a break. Like you've been scrolling for a long time. Um, And then you just scroll past that and keep going. But Lately, I have tried to, you know, scroll on TikTok for a little bit, but then put it away and read. I am so deep into the book that I'm reading right now. We'll get into that in the end of this episode when I talk about the books that I've been reading this week. But that has made it easy for me to read before bed because I I look forward to it every day. All I want to do is cozy up in my bed and read. But reading with these lights, I'm tired after like a page. And that never happens when I am on my phone because, you know, the screen and the lights block your brain from like what releasing melatonin. So that is a very simple thing that I like to do before bed. And then I have my lights set to turn off at a certain time, kind of like another just physical reminder as when they turn off for my body to be like, oh, it's time to go to bed now. Um, And then in the morning, one of the first kind of like rituals, I guess some of these, a lot of these are spiritual rituals, but I want to incorporate more of just like habits and things I do as well, just to give you more info. But I'll be sure to mention when it is a spiritual one. And they kind of are embedded because when you are a very spiritual person, I feel like that gets integrated into all of your other habits. It's just part of who you are. But one of the first things that I do when I get up in the morning is open the curtains in my room. And that itself is such a ritual to me, as is closing them at night, like telling myself, you know, when you're getting ready for bed, you shut the curtains, you unmake the bed, you take off all the pillows. And then in the morning, it's part of that same routine to do it again. So opening those curtains and just seeing like the the state of that current day is something that puts my mindset in a really good mood. And then looking, I don't know, it sounds so simple out loud, but just looking out the window for the first time in the morning does something for me. Um, Another big part of my morning routine and rituals is after getting ready and getting dressed and making my bed coming downstairs, I have a lot of like drink rituals, I guess. I've got my homemade ginger shots. I've got my green tea. I've got my Nespresso coffee. And recently with the colder weather and my partner being sick, I've been making this almost like Starbucks medicine ball, but my own type of like herbal tea, that immunity tea, I guess. It's basically just hot water, a lot of honey, half a lemon, cayenne, turmeric and black pepper to um activate the turmeric um just to help boost my immune system make sure that it is as strong as it can be as we enter these colder months and i cannot start my day unless i have my green tea specifically coffee too but green tea i've had every single morning since i was a teenager and at this point it's just too deep into my routine not to have 
Um, I always like to start my oil diffuser as well in the morning and that scent I feel like I choose like a citrus tangerine scent usually it tells my brain it's like time to wake up or it activates something in me that makes it so that I'm starting my day like I turn off my security alarm I'm opening the patio door the cats are going outside I'm watering the plants like enjoying those morning rituals is so crucial something else that I like to do in the morning in terms of more spiritual rituals would be burning incense and kind of going off of this like cleansing regard whether you are using like a certain type of incense um, to cleanse the, the space or your home. I do feel like it's really important to start each day with a cleansed space, new energy, clear out any blockages or stored energy from the past. It is a new start. And recently, with the more gloomy days coming in, I've been lighting candles during the day, and it really sets this calm energy around me that I, like, surprisingly would have thought made me feel sleepy, but it's helped me be productive and have more of this sacred, safe space where I'm able to get work done um, without any chaotic energy around me. Um... Yeah, so I usually do have candles and incense and my oil diffuser going in the morning to just start my day. A lot of these things I do in the evening as well, but I'll use a different type of incense, a different candle. I think our brains and our bodies like remember scents so well and associate them with different parts of our lives. So having a different candle for the morning versus the evening is another way to kind of stimulate your brain to register how your body should be, I guess. Um... I journal a lot, I manifest a lot, and something else that I kind of like integrate into my daily routine as like a more spiritual ritual is journaling and manifesting. Even if it's as simple as like making a list of things that you are grateful for, I know it sounds so stupid. And this is something that if you're just not in the right headspace, I totally get it if you are rolling your eyes at this, but I feel at such peace when I do make time to make out a gratitude list and without getting too specific there was a time where I made a grateful like what I'm thankful for list and there was something super specific on this list that I was like I'm so thankful that I like did this blah 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 and I'm pretty sure the very next day I lost that that I listed I was grateful for and I just remember like in that first few like post days of sadness and regret and denial I kept thinking like damn and I just wrote it down about how grateful I am that I like I don't want to say what it was it's not like a person it's just something that I did in my life and then it was gone um and it just really reminded me how fleeting it is and how important it is to be grateful for what you have before it's gone um And I also feel more connected to the universe and more connected to my own manifestations when I make those lists, when I show the universe that I am grateful and understand the abundance all around me. You know, connecting with the universe and nature go hand in hand and opening yourself up to abundance each day just allows the universe to bring it in for you. So that's why another big part of my morning routine or my more spiritual morning rituals that help my daily routine is going outside. I One of the first things I do down here in my space is I open my patio doors and I 
let the cats out. I like to stand outside in the summer. This was before it got too hot during the day. And now I feel like I have to wait till it gets warmer throughout the day as we enter more of this fall season. But um, going outside and I'm barefoot. That's another thing, like connecting to nature. This might sound hippy dippy for you, but to me, it just reminds me of childhood and being connected to earth and dirt and grass. But being barefoot outside and connecting to nature, like you are part, you are one, like that is so crucial. So I feel like I can recognize the sounds of earth around me in my home. And it's funny because when I, when my parents sold my childhood home, I had a moment in the backyard where I knew I would never hear that noise again of like how earth sounded in this backyard. And it's something that we might not notice, but if you think about it, your parents' backyard has a whisper, like it has a noise that you would recognize or your apartment balcony or your own backyard. And, you know, I am familiarizing myself with how the birds and the trees and the wind sound here, even how my neighbors do dishes in the morning. Like I can hear it all. And it's that moment of silence that you are connecting with nature and grounding. And this could be going on walks. This also could be talking to nature. I do spend some time talking to the moon or the trees or the birds and like connecting. This is really important and I do feel like it does help bring in your manifestations when you feel connected to something around you. Um, There are a lot of other spiritual rituals that I do as well, including yoga. I love to stretch in the morning and you know, sometimes the word yoga can feel intimidating, especially if you are just starting out, which is why I like to look at it as stretching. Because that, you know, you feel like you can do that more. Yoga might seem like a lot to somebody that doesn't do it frequently. And when I was just starting my yoga journey, I could only do like 10 minute yoga videos. And now I've worked up to over an hour. But even if it's just a couple minutes stretching on your living room rug, like stretching releases so much like physically in your muscles that make you have a more productive day. Um... I wish I remembered more scientifically as to what it is, but I mean, it has to do with endorphins and all of that, but you feel capable. You feel more energized after, and your body is so tight in the morning, like without you even realizing, like I didn't realize how tight my body was some days until I did yoga or stretch. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was in pain. Um, So yoga is a big part of my morning spiritual rituals. Um, charging moon water is another one. This is something I tend to do on full moons. So it's really simple. You just want to fill any container with water. I usually do my water bottles as well as these like glass jars that I have. And I put them out on my balcony under the night sky. I do it over the full moon and then they're charged. You just drink your water bottle and you have charged moon water, which is good for energy, good for manifestation, good for cleansing. Um, I use the charged moon water sometimes, even if it's just to water a certain plant that I am putting manifestations into. It's If it's for cleansing, cleaning some crystals, if it's for a ritual or a spell, like there are a lot of uses for it, but that is something that I do more so on a monthly morning routine that is more of like a spiritual ritual. Um, And believe it or not, cleaning is also, in my opinion, a spiritual ritual because 
in a way you are resetting your space, in a way you are cleansing it by removing clutter, removing stagnant energy. And energy and memory is stored on stuff. And I mean, regardless of where you are in your own spiritual journey or how you feel about that, you cannot deny that if you have an old outfit, an old shirt, there is memory attached to that. And if it's bad memory, if it's you know, from a person of your past that you don't want to think about, you remove the shirt and you feel better. You donate it. You get rid of these things that remind you of something that you don't want to be reminded of. And in a way that is clearing, cleaning your space. And I am somebody that needs a clean space in order to get work done. Something that I love to do in the evenings is do a quick little tidy up. I clean all the counters in my kitchen. The sink is always empty. Um, table is cleared, living room coffee table is cleared, the couch pillows and blankets are put back together because if I can start my next day with a clean space, I feel a million times better than coming downstairs to my space in the morning and seeing dishes and a disheveled couch and just stuff everywhere. So in my mind, cleaning is also a more spiritual ritual because I'm removing old energy from the past and clearing and in a way cleansing my space for a new beginning. But um, those are a lot of things more so that I do in the morning, I guess, to help with my daily routines and habits. Some other things are, you know, playing music, whether it's a certain playlist or an artist. I feel like that also kind of tells my mind if it's dinner time or I have a certain playlist for the morning that I listen to that is all um, frequencies and vibrations. So if I'm too tired and it's a really or and it's a really early morning, I'm not ready for music. Like that is a lot if I'm exhausted. So listening to different pitched Hertz frequencies, is a way that is allowing me to sort of meditate as I start my day and that wakes me up as well. I have a certain playlist that is more calming that I love to play in the evenings when I'm doing dishes or making dinner um, and that helps kind of tell my mind, you know, what we're doing and instill these habits throughout my day without even leaving my house. Um, I do always try to do something physical throughout the day, whether that is yoga, going to a workout class or a yoga class, or even just a walk in the evening. It's very important to me to get some sort of physical activity in um, because I notice a difference going to bed. If I don't work out or have any physical activity, I'm not tired. If I go on a walk or go to a yoga class, I have that like physical exhaustion in the evening where I can physically feel like melatonin being released, it's the best. So that is really important to me as well. But like I sort of mentioned earlier, in the evenings, you know, as simple as it sounds, those rituals of turning on certain mood lighting, I've got this little mushroom lamp turned on in my living room right now. I have purple hued lights that come on every day at 7 p.m. I've got little LED candles under the cabinet lighting. I have a lot of small mood lighting that I turn on in the evening to kind of wind down. I've got candles. I have a different incense that I like to burn. And it just, they're all little triggers that tell my mind 
You know, we're slowing down our day. We are getting ready to go to sleep later. I have a candle in my bathroom that I light in the evenings when I'm getting ready for bed because, you know, I've got a hot girl skincare routine that takes like 20 minutes. So might as well light a candle while I'm in there, play some YouTube videos and just do my whole nighttime routine. And then that goes into, you know, unmaking the bed and having all those mood lightings in my own bedroom on. And as simple as these little things may have sounded, they do something. That is my cat scratching the cat scratcher. <laughs> um, these little things I feel like make a really big difference and they make me happy and they, you know, send certain signals to my brain and provide more meaning to a day that could have been a lot more meaningless had I not instilled these small habits into them. Um, and that's kind of all that they are, are right? Like small habits that make a big difference or certain things or routines that become rituals to us. And that's exactly what this is to me. They're all spiritual rituals that increase my daily routines and habits and help me have a more fulfilled and successful day to allow me to get work done and feel my best self. So I hope that inspired you a little bit. And if you have any specific rituals that you also like to do throughout the day. I am so curious. Please let me know somehow on Instagram. That is Marnie being where she's not supposed to be. Marnie, she wanted to lay on the laptop over the microphone. Cats. And I want another one. <laughs> um, yeah, please let me know somehow because I have gotten a lot of inspiration from other creators that I watch or listen to. So if you have an idea as well or something that you do that I don't do yet, I might, you know, take inspiration from that and instill it into my daily routine. Um, oh, another one that I realized I glanced over on my list is cleansed or not cleansed, blessed salt. Um, I have blessed salt from my mom that I get and, you know, long story to describe it, but it is blessed salt and you put that in the corner of each room to bless the space and protect you. So this isn't something that you do every single day, more so monthly or whenever you notice that they're low. Um, salt is kind of used throughout a lot of different religious practices, but you know, the purpose of it remains the same and that is protection. So whether you're spiritual or in my mother's case, Catholic, like even though she practices Catholicism, she still has blessed salt and she's able to provide that for me. So that's something that I do that is more of a spiritual ritual in my home as well. If that um, inspires you or gives you another idea as to how you can instill more spiritual rituals, but that is everything on my list that I came up with. Again, if you have anything else, please let me know. I'm so curious and definitely open to exploring more rituals and things that I can make habits of my own. Um, but I wanted to kind of transition a little bit from that to some pop culture moments this week. I won't do this every single week, but I do feel like there have been a lot of things going on in pop culture and just the news in general this week that I want to chat about. Um, some are heavier than others. Let's start light. I posted a TikTok the other day about the Jonas Brothers and... Oh my gosh, I had no idea that the Jonas Brothers fans were that bitter or that they went that hard. I guess it's TikTok, you know, like you will get hate on TikTok regardless. 
I thought I was making a silly little TikTok about something that I thought of and the Jonas Brothers fans got angry. And I'm one of them. Like, I like the Jonas Brothers. And I said that in the description. I said, I love them, but this is funny to me or whatever. Most people got it and it was a joke. But, you know, those TikTok fights that you see in like the comments baffle me. And I left them all there because they don't bother me and it it is what it is. But it is comical to me. Um, the Jonas Brothers were here last weekend at our Minnesota State Fair, and I didn't go, but I heard a lot of news about it, and they are currently on tour for their, um, Five Albums One Night Tour is the name of it, and I just thought it was funny. So I made a little TikTok saying how I love how Five Albums One Night is, like, the mansplained version of, or way of saying the Eras Tour. Because it is. And it's funny, right? Like, if someone were to mansplain the Eras tour, they would probably call it that. And everyone got so mad at me. Not everyone. I mean, like, it's like the 1% that got mad and they were commenting about it. Most people thought it was hilarious. But it's not that deep. I thought it was funny. Um, They're on this tour. And I guess there's just a lot of drama behind it because people are making friendship bracelets for it, which I know Taylor Swift did not start. And I have no opinion about that. Like, I don't care. I think it's cute and it's encouraging other, um, like fan bases to do that. So more power to you. But the comments were upset about that. Um, they're not playing like all of their hits. I don't know. It's, I've learned so much by posting this TikTok, but, uh, something that happened this week as well is Joe Jonas and his wife, announced that they were getting divorced. I shouldn't say his wife. I really should say her full name. Is it Sophie Turner? See, I feel like as soon as I say, it is. I know it. I know it's Sophie Turner, but I feel like as soon as I say a fact like that, I'm so nervous that it's for some reason wrong and then someone's going to call me out for it. But they announced that they are getting a divorce this week and I don't care what he did what she did. I'm on her side. <laughs> like I saw a TikTok about that as well to the audio where it was like, one, she's a female, two, she's a girl or no, I'm missing it. It's something. She's something. Two, she's a female, three, she's a girl. And it basically is just like, I'm going to take the girl's side no matter what, because I'm a girl's girl. But um, I don't know if I saw that coming, but at the same time, when I heard about it, I was not surprised. It is kind of eerie that um, it happened or it's been announced while the Jonas Brothers were on their version of the Eras Tour tour, and I believe it was announced the night that they were in Texas, and I don't know. I'm getting my info from TikTok, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I guess that was where Taylor Swift was on her night of the Eras tour when her and Joe announced their split. Well, did she even announce it? I don't know. There's been a lot of information on TikTok about it, but speaking of Taylor Swift, has anybody else heard Everly LeBron's LeBron's song like Taylor Swift? I will admit it is so catchy and it gets stuck in my head. I will also admit that this is definitely a canon event, and this is the Friday song of this generation. I think it, in the long run, will do so much good for her career. Like, people that weren't in the YouTube community or whatever community it was that is aware of Everly and, like, the LeBrant family, 
This song will put her more on the map and it will provide so much hate right now, but I mean, it's getting her plays and views. I have so many thoughts about this, but I think the biggest thing is as long as she wasn't forced to, like as long as this was her idea, because I could talk for days about um, family channels and parents specifically exploiting their kids for views and money online. And Everly has been in this since she was two or three years old and Savannah met Cole. Um, So she's very, she was raised on this. She was raised on a platform of millions of viewers. So she probably doesn't understand or even think or know of any way differently. Um, And I just... I hope she wanted to. I don't know. I just get the feeling that she was like pushed to do it because why wouldn't she? I'm sure her parents have like pressured her to do everything in the public eye that she's done already in the public eye. And she's so young still that I don't even know if she really has developed that like independent difference of wait, like I don't know if I want to do this because she's always just been told to do it. I do feel bad that poor girl has had her whole life shared on the internet. Like I know way too much about her than I should as a stranger because of what her family has posted. And she went through such a hard year, you know, losing her biological dad and moving to different states. Like those are two really big changes for a child and grief in general. Like I just can't even imagine, but um I just hope they're doing a good job at um what's what's the word I'm looking for? Filtering out the hate because this song came out and it's it's a bop. It's catchy. I think we all everyone that is listening to it can do a really good job at differentiating our feelings toward her parents and then toward this child but it's just like I don't know I know how expensive those music videos are Rebecca Black talked about how much money it costs to make Friday and how you know she doesn't regret it whatever her parents paid it and like she wanted it and I'm sure if our parents if anyone's parents could afford it and you wanted to make a music video like that why wouldn't they um so yeah I don't remember where I was going with this, but it is just crazy. The song itself, I cannot, like, I want to know who wrote this song. There wasn't anything to write. She's literally just listing Taylor Swift songs, but it's a moment, that's for sure. And the biggest thing I did want to talk about kind of branching or going off of family channels is, of course, Eight Passengers and the arrest of Ruby Frankie and um, her... Her work partner, Jody. I have been following Eight Passengers um, not as a fan, but as a, like, I know something's up with them type of viewer for a few years. Um, ever since their daughter, Sherry, really started to speak out about it a few years ago when she left for college, I tuned in more. I knew of them because I used to watch Ellie and Jared and Ellie is Ruby's sister and they also had a family channel like way, way back in the day. Um, But I never really watched Eight Passengers until Sherry started speaking out about um, the uh, like beliefs and changes and really abuse that her mom was sharing online and like getting lost in that like cult with Jody. So the fact that she got arrested earlier this week is 
so long overdue. The information that's come out regarding that arrest, I don't want to, you know, repeat myself because I feel like at this point it's very common knowledge, but I'm sure if you haven't heard of it, Eight Passengers was a family channel on YouTube. They had um, six kids, four girls, two sons, and um, it started as a very just conservative Mormon type of household that the last couple of years, ever since the mom Ruby met Jody, who used to be a therapist, I believe, it has changed to a very culty parenting style. And it used to just be really strict, but, you know, the last couple of years, I think the older kids were starting to get out of the house more so they didn't experience the tough parts of it, but the youngest kids got it the worst. Um, And this is just what has been shared on their own videos that Ruby has chosen to film, edit, and upload. So God only knows how awful it was behind the scenes, but, you know, she would use food as sort of a discipline, starving her kids, not allowing them to eat if they haven't completed their chores. She was very, very tough on, like, their politeness or rudeness if they would ask any questions that weren't even rude it was just a child asking a question she would get upset go from like zero to 100 say that it was rude and uninvite them from the movie there's this one clip where she tells her younger daughter very excitedly how she's going to take her to the movies like go get your shoes on and her five or six year old asks like what movie And Ruby just gets so mad, being like a grateful child, would never ask what movie they're going to. They would just, like, go put on their shoes and get in the car. And then she, like, basically says, like, you cannot come anymore because you're not grateful. Um, She didn't give that child, as well as another young child, Christmas presents one year as a discipline whatever her oldest son slept on a beanbag without a bed for seven months um he was also sent away to a wilderness camp um he lost like everything in his room and like literally she would bag up if they didn't clean their room she'd throw everything in a trash bag and throw it away including homework you could get your stuff back by paying for it or doing chores and You know, when this was being shared, it was just seen as very strict, unfair parenting. Um, Everything in that house was like a privilege. Everything in that house belonged to mom and dad, and they were letting you use it. I, like, it's tough for me to, like, comment on this because I feel like a lot of us, as we were watching these clips maybe some of us could relate to some of it or be like, wait, my parent told me the same thing. Like, was that abuse? And on some level, yes, from a psychological... Well, I'm not the person to say this, but, you know, like, if they are starving you as discipline, like, yeah, that's kind of abusive. If they are, you know, not allowing their child a level of privacy that a child needs, yeah, that's also pretty abusive. Um... But in terms of actions being abusive versus a parent being abusive, there's a fine line. And in this case, it took a lot of evidence to finally prove that she was abusive. But I mean, I like watching some of these clips, I relate. Like there were certain things that she was saying that I remember my parents saying or doing um, never to the extent that led up to her arrest. But that's why it was almost hard in the beginning to see like, is this enough? Does this count? Or is this just strict parenting? 
because there was that fine line and then I think it tipped when she met Jody and it went over the deep end and it became abusive parenting and the situation got worse and the kids became very isolated and they had no privileges and you know they couldn't they didn't even have friends because she didn't allow them the opportunity to make friends um and as controlling as a controlling parent will try to be there comes a point where the child will develop his or her like own opinion and mind and ability to make its own decisions so that's where I think it gets really problematic when the parent doesn't allow the child to become their own person and continues to try to control them and I think that's what was happening with Ruby behind the scenes I mean neighbors have come out to say that she put paper over the windows they there would be like times where the kids would be left alone for like days or playing in the middle of the street cops were called a lot and the big thing that finally led to her arrest is her youngest son escaped out of a window and went to a neighbor's house and asked the neighbor for help asked the neighbor for food and water because um or and then the neighbor saw that the child had duct tape around its his legs and wrists and I listened to this 911 call and the adult like breaks down a little on the call so that's how you know it was really bad and that they were like wounds that show he was probably like tied up in some way and the fact that he you know asked this adult to call 911 asked the adult for water and food he had his younger sister still in the house like I don't think anybody knew how bad it had really gotten um I can already see Netflix like working on a documentary for this it's going to blow up for sure and they were already a very well-known family so well-known as in like the YouTube, like they had millions of subscribers, but we all kind of knew that Ruby was a little cuckoo. I don't think we knew she was this downright awful to these kids. And the kids always looked not okay. You know, they were always, they looked like they were being starved. They had dark circles under their eyes. They looked sad. They looked afraid of their mom. Like, all the signs of abuse were really there. Um, so, she finally got arrested. Um, and the kids are now out of the house, thank God. As well as Jody. Jody got arrested, too. Um, and she they're facing years. Like, thank God. Um, it's going to be a really interesting case to kind of keep up with. But if you... Uh, have been hearing bits of a passengers that's kind of like a good summary i think there's a lot more i mean the oldest daughter sherry has a whole google doc she is asking for help to um find evidence of abuse because the family vlogging channel has since been deleted and a lot of those videos can be used in court to help you know show the conditions of the home so She's asking if you come across anything online, you know, digital footprint, it is out there, like, to give it to her. And um, the oldest daughter, she has done a lot for these siblings. She basically took care of them. She left for college, and I do feel like when she left, she had, like, a really big 
eye-opening, transforming year of like, oh my gosh, like I was in an abusive bubble and it's not supposed to be like this. And now she's worked really hard to get to this point. And, you know, Ruby had disconnected these kids from their family. Their aunts and cousins hadn't seen them in years. Like it is really, really sad. But luckily, hopefully it is better as long as the system does not continue to fail them. Hopefully it is finally better. Um, And this is really shocking a lot of people online. Like I have seen so much coverage about this, which is awesome. I've also seen a lot of people say like, I don't think anything like this has happened before in YouTube. Like this is probably the biggest case. Yes, it's probably the biggest case, but unfortunately things like this do happen and have happened in the past. And I feel like there's a lot more other families that probably are abusing their kids in similar ways that are using them and exploiting them on the internet that we just haven't like had light on yet. But one that comes to mind is Fantastic Adventures. If you are familiar with this channel, it's a very similar abusive case. I believe it was from like 2014 or 2015 when um, everything kind of like came into light and the abuser got arrested. But um Fantastic Adventures was a more of like a child's channel. It was full of like edited skits of these kids going on adventures. It kind of gave me the same energy as like the Super 7 Girls, like those type of skits videos, except this one was like younger kids with imaginary toys and a lot of special effects that made it like a fantastic adventure. And these kids you know, seem to be having fun and playing like imaginary play. And like they had all these special effects of like fire and buildings blowing up or dragons and stuff like that. And this channel had millions of subscribers. This channel was making millions of dollars. Um, But what we didn't know was that these kids um, were treated like crap, like absolutely just awful conditions. Um, They were, I believe all of them were adopted. So they may have started out as foster kids. My memory's a little bit hazy. I watched a documentary on this maybe like a year ago, but I don't remember details specifically. So that's why it might be kind of vague at some points. But this woman would adopt these kids and then use them to cast this channel. And she, like, had them living in awful living conditions. She wouldn't feed them. She would use food and treats as an incentive to film, where if they did a good job, they would get, you know, a treat for filming, or they got to shower that day. Like, these kids were abused, locked in closets, kept in their rooms, like, not given food and water or proper care unless it was a filming day. And if they didn't remember their lines, they got hurt. They got tased or pepper sprayed. Um, This woman also had two adult biological sons, and there was some abuse that came out about her sons abusing the kids as well, which is awful. And this woman is really just a monster. Like, if you look her up, if you look up Fantastic Adventures case or whatever and you see like her mugshot, it's awful. Um, and she was just sitting on all of this money 
on herself and then having a house full of kids that she, I mean, this is a really awful way to put it, but kids that she basically just bought, bought for this channel. Um, now I believe it was an aunt. There was another adult figure that took one of these adoptive kids to the dentist one day. And as soon as this kid got into the car, she was spilling all the tea. She was telling this grown up everything that happens about how she was locked in a closet. She doesn't get food. They hurt them. Like she, the, the adult ended up recording it on her phone just as evidence and then called the police and they did a, um, a well, a welfare check, wellness check. And the conditions were just awful. The, um, mom and the person running this channel got arrested and it made like big news at the time at like this YouTube kids channel, you know, and just awful and really sad. So that was another big case that happened that kind of reminds me of the eight passengers case that we are going through right now. And, you know, I don't think it's just the two of them as sad as that is. There's With the extent that child exploitation is among family vlogging channels, there's got to be so many more channels. Maybe not to this, hopefully not to this extent of like abuse and mistreatment, but there's a lot of family vlogging channels that don't sit right with me. I feel like it's pretty common agreement or, you know, I feel like a lot of people would agree on some of these. I've talked about it a little bit before. But, like, the Ballinger family gives me the worst energy. Um, And I feel like they're this wholesome family that whenever you talk about people that have these child exploitation channels, everyone's like, but not the Ballinger family. Like, they're great. I love them. But everybody else is awful. But why? Why have they upheld this almost happy cookie-cutter image that they are different than all these other channels when they homeschool and isolate their kids not saying homeschooling is bad but these kids are isolated the oldest daughter wanted to go to high school and she was in a public high school for like a month before the mom pulled her out and honestly I think it's because she was probably getting like her own identity and personality and I remember there was like drama because the mom didn't like one of the books she had to read for English class and I think it was control I don't think Jessica the mom could control what her daughter was reading for school, who her daughter was hanging out with. Like she pulled her out for that. Um, I also know that kids at the school were making fun of her for the channel, but like that I think falls on the parents because this kid's whole life is documented ever since she was born. And like without her consent, there are so many private moments that are just on the internet that these kids have access to and can pull up or talk about, um, just documenting every phase of her childhood and adolescence. It's awful. Um, so they're isolated. They only spend time with their siblings. I've noticed that when they do make TikToks with these kids, the kids are in like the same outfits for like 10 or 20 TikToks, meaning that they're just filming these all day. And maybe some of them are actually having fun, like playing these games. But these games that they're playing, and I hate having to look at it from this perspective, but they are putting their kids in these very compromising positions. I mean, their kids already do. Like one of them is like known for his gymnastics content already, which is problematic to be posting. Um, 
But they'll do these like challenges where it's like, oh, like who can keep this piece of paper on the wall just by blowing on it? And you know, have these kids like aggressively blowing or like, can you pick up this item with your elbows? And I mean, like if you put your elbows together, like, I don't, and there's one where they were like doing the worm across the living room floor. And I hate that you even have to think about this. Like, but there are like sick people online that is a big percentage of viewers of these family vlogging channels that will watch the content for that. And, you know, the family can pretend to be as naive as they want to be, but they know, like, comments are turned off for a reason. Like, other people have brought it up before. They'll make a thumbnail, like, their six-year-old doing the splits, um, and, or, like, these TikToks of their kids doing these things, and they monitor those comments like no other, because a video could have millions of views and, like, 10 comments, and I just know they're filtering out everything, but, um... I don't think it's fair to the kids. The kids should not be working all day to provide for the family like this. I think those kids need friends that aren't family members. And I mean, the Ballinger family is a whole other deep dive, but that one, like, I cannot wait. We are right there. Like, Bailey and Jacob, the two oldest kids, they are in their teenage years. We only have a couple more years before they are 18. And I have a feeling that as soon as they're out of the house and you know, as soon as this new generation of kids that grew up online are out of homes, we're going to get so many cases just explaining um, and sharing things like this. And I feel like if they make it out okay, the tell-alls are going to be unheard of. Um, that's a big family that gives me an ick. I don't think it's okay at all. I think... Um, they're icky. Like, I don't even want to get into some of the things they do, but it's just, I mean, that's a Reddit deep dive if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, the LeBrant family I've talked about before, regardless of how you feel about their religious or political views, which is one thing, um, they lie for content. They, which everyone, like, there are a lot of channels where I know people do fib for content. I don't. And I will always stand by that. But they lied about evacuating for a wildfire. And it made the local news and their neighbors had to come out and be like, yeah, we were not told to evacuate. Like, that's not true. That's fake news that they were posting. Um, they just, like, use their kids. Like, it's oh, it's so awful. They, um, after Everly's dad passed away, Savannah was caught trying to sell these, like, shoes that Everly's dad got her that he wrote I love you inside of them on and his sister ended up taking these shoes um Cole's tweets go on to reddit and look up Cole's old tweets because I don't feel like sharing them um they compared abortion to the holocaust like there's just a lot of things going on with that family they moved out of California because of the child exploitation laws the daily bumps did the same thing they both moved to Tennessee Oh my gosh, I could talk about the Daily Bumps for years, t for like days too. I used to watch them way back before, like when their babies were just babies, but they are a very problematic family as well. And I am still subscribed to, I feel like no one will know who I'm talking about, but the Daily Bumps, Missy's sister, Cassie, has a little growing family channel that she is profiting off of and her most recent thumbnail that I saw on YouTube yesterday had her toddler 
shirtless, like naked in the thumbnail. And I think that's not like naked, but like he didn't have a shirt on. It was just him in like a diaper and he's like two or three. I think that is so inappropriate. I don't think any child should be exploited like that online. I mean, also, have you heard of when Aspen Ovard's daughter Cove was found on a really disturbing Pinterest folder that this guy like made of like all of these pictures of her baby like it's icky it's gross it's there are sick people online that will like search for child content like that um and I respect anybody that censors their children online even if it's just blurring like a shirtless you know covering them up if they're shirtless like you don't have to complete. I do respect the people that won't show their faces at all. But even if you show their face, like do your child the decency by not having like a nude picture of them on the internet forever or use it as a thumbnail. Like that was disgusting to see yesterday. And I don't know, she's pregnant and she is definitely doing like a family vlogging channel thing. And I don't think it's going to end well. I think family vlogging is about to go extinct, hopefully. I mean, there are laws coming into play soon that will help prevent families from exploiting their kids and setting up new rules about how if you make money off of a child like that goes to the child when they turn 18 really like get like honing down on it because otherwise if there's nothing done about it there will be more cases like eight passengers coming out unfortunately so yeah just a lot of big pop culture moments like that this week that I just wanted to touch on because they have been taking up so much space in my brain um, real quick, let's do TV shows and movies and books from this week. I don't want to rush, but one of my friends is going on a date tonight and I told her I would FaceTime her before and we're get, she's leaving in 40 minutes. I want to call her in 10 minutes. So we'll have updates on that next week. Probably not, but could you imagine? Um, I... I did watch a movie this week. I didn't watch a lot of things because I was working and I wasn't with my partner. And the only time I really do watch movies or TV shows is with him. But the other night, I did watch Happiness for Beginners on Netflix. I was just looking for something easy to eat dinner with, honestly. And this had um, Aaron from The Office in it. And it just looked like a fine type of like sad comedy where, you know, someone is like trying to find themselves and. It was cute. She goes on this, like, hiking trip. Oh, it's it was categorized under enemies to lovers, which, like, I'm like, okay, whatever. I just finished a book that had that same trope, so maybe it'll be fine. Um, basically, it's this, like, recently divorced, middle-aged, if she's even middle-aged, woman who goes on a hiking trip to try to find herself, and then her little brother's best friend, who she absolutely hates, goes on the trip to try to look out for her. And they obviously have been in love with each other their whole lives. And there are some good humor moments in it. I mean, there were definitely some, like, cringy lines as well. Because I, I feel like comedies now just have such a hard time being good. But it was fine. I, I think it was really enjoyable. I don't think I'd want to watch it with, like, Ashton or somebody. Because I think I'd be embarrassed. Not like I'm embarrassed by it. But, like, it was good alone. I don't know. I do really want to watch that new Adam Sandler movie. You're so not invited to my, or you're totally not invited to my bat mitzvah with his daughters. I feel like that one might be decent. Um, Ashton and I have so many things that we want to watch that I'm just waiting to watch with him when he gets better. 
he's tested negative three times for COVID, but I'm like pretty sure it's COVID. I don't know. Either way, he's out for a while. Um, we need to watch the finale of Mindhunters. I want to watch the Adam Sandler movie. And now that it's spooky season, I want to watch Coraline and The Haunting of Bly Manor, The Haunting of Hill House, like all the classics. So I cannot wait. We're in for a really good season. Um, I recently started listening to Trisha Paytas's podcast. I love it. I love it so much. I don't know why I haven't been listening to it sooner because I needed something like that to have on when I'm showering or getting ready. And I started with the Tana episode just because there was so much tea in that. And they even talked about Colleen Ballinger and all of that and like what was going on. I just listened to one of her episodes on um, her reaction to Swoop's video about Colleen Ballinger. And Trisha talks a lot about like OnlyFans and how supportive Moses is. And I feel like I'm learning so much more. I already respected her so much. Like Trisha Paytas is a legend and I know she's gotten so much hate, but there is nobody like her online. And I'm so happy for everything that has come into her life these last few years. I feel like she's finally got that happy ending. Malibu was adorable and... I, yeah, I'm catching up on her podcast. It's been great. I feel like I'm learning so much more too about other content creators or just like things from her past because she has no filter. Like even the vlog squad, like I'm learning a lot about still. So it's, it's definitely juicy. Um, I finished reading People We Meet on Vacation. I don't know if I mentioned that last week because I know I finished it, but I don't know if I finished it before the episode or right after it was, it did pick up. I know I mentioned how it wasn't for me in the beginning and I didn't really like it, but it did pick up a little bit near the end. I'm glad I finished it. Emily Henry, I don't know how I feel about her. I will probably try a third book by her, but so far I just haven't really enjoyed her books. Um, and then like I mentioned, I'm reading, did you hear about Kitty Carr for um, book club? Did You Hear About Kitty Carr is so good. It did take me almost halfway through the book for everything to click and really fall in love with it. But once the plot clicked and I, like, I wasn't attached to the characters. I wasn't really attached to what was going on. But as soon as it clicked, I was hooked. I was so invested. I can't put it down. I I don't want to finish it. I haven't felt this way about a book in so long. A lot of people were comparing it to The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and I think I took that fact and misinterpreted it a little bit because I thought that meant it would have like a similar um, romance secrecy to Evelyn Hugo, which it didn't, but it did have a very similar plot theme, and it's having the same effect where I can't put it down and reading it for the first time is like a high. So I cannot wait for my book club to meet in about a week and we can chat about it because I'm so in love with it. I'm so grateful to my friends that recommended this book and I'm glad we chose it because it's really good. So highly, highly recommend trying Did You Hear About Kitty Carr? If you're not in it, into it in the beginning, like trust me, just make it halfway through the book. And if you still don't care, you can stop reading. But Like, it takes a while for things to settle, but once it does, oh my gosh, it is so good. I am obsessed with it. Um, I also kind of went on a little bit of a book spree this month or this week. 
I tried to sell some books at Half Price Bookstore and ended up buying a lot of books. I made a TikTok about that book haul, so definitely check that out if you want to see what I bought. But they were having their Labor Day sales, so everything was 20% off. There's no other place I could have gotten that book for cheaper, and I knew that. So in my mind, I felt like I was saving money by buying it there and not elsewhere for more. Long term, long term, I'm saving money. So I got five books there, and then I'm a Barnes & Noble member, and I they got me good today. They sent out an email, 25% off pre-orders. So again, I felt like I was saving money. If I pre-ordered these books with the membership discount, I could not get it for any cheaper. So I bought a couple books online today as well. Um, and I bought some while well, thrifting the other day, but... I don't want to say what they are yet because I'd rather just tell you as I'm reading it. Right now, I just don't have any opinion on them. So once I start reading them, I'll let you know what I think. Um, I'm almost done with Did You Hear About Kitty Carr, though. And next, I am starting my first thriller of the fall season. And we're actually getting into more thrilling podcast episodes as well. I have a few on like haunted places that I want to talk about, ghost stories, all of that. I just want to have a fun, spooky season. So a lot of fun content is on the way. And like I mentioned, please let me know if you have any recommendations or requests for things that you want me to chat more about on my podcast. I would love to hear it. Just reach out to me on Instagram or however you feel most comfortable. But thank you so much for listening. Definitely check out my bedroom makeover because I'm really excited about that. And that just went up today. Follow me on socials, whatever you choose. Um, Have a great rest of your week and I'll chat with you next Friday. I'm going to go call my friend now and hype her up for this date tonight. Bye.